What's up, everyone? I'm Brady Morgan, and I'm the host of the Budget Trek Podcast. If you haven't already, head over to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, and review and rate the podcast. That would be very much appreciated. Before we dive in, I want to talk about our sponsor. SocialX is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world, scale their businesses, make more money, and build their networks with like-minded individuals. They teach entrepreneurs how to go from zero to six figures through weekly mastermind calls featuring top business leaders, online courses, and amazing events all over the country. If you're interested in learning more about SocialX, go to socialxevents.com and tell them you came from the Budget Trek podcast. Now, on to the show. What's going on, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Budget Trek podcast, and today I have a very special interview labeled as America's Coach. Michael Burt speaks around the world on his books and growth methodologies and is the personal coach to some of the top performing companies in the world. His popular programs, online Monster Growth Academy, and structures are used by business people who want to get a significant increase in their business by using a specific formula Bert has cultivated over the last 27 years. How's it going, man? It's going great, man. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks for coming on, my man. So for the newer listeners out there, I always like to give a background into how Budget Trek actually started. So it started as me and my wife's measure of accountability to reaching financial freedom, getting out of debt but it really transformed into a source of education for people to learn about the struggles and successes along my journey and apply them to your own journey, but also through interviews with people like Coach Burt, people who are constantly striving to be better versions of themselves and who have years of knowledge to facilitate to you. But before we get into his story and how it really translates into the whole foundation of Budget Trek, I always ask this preliminary question, Coach Burt, what is the dumbest purchase you have ever made? You know, that's a great question. Um, I, I typically do not purchase things that I don't think I can make money with. Where one of my unique abilities for some reason has been taking a liability and turn it into an asset. Like some people would say me buying a private jet is a liability. But it's really not because it gets me to more opportunity, allows me to take my team, allows me to take my top clients. So that was not a bad decision. That was a good decision. Some of the real estate properties that I purchased have all for the most part, except one commercial building turned out to be good assets that I, that I built in the world. So I would say my dumbest purchase, I went back to my hometown and I bought a, an old curves building and I was going to turn it into a greatness factory. And I was a real small town and I was thinking I'm going to go back and give people a place to go to. And it's going to be a little greatness factory and it's going to work, man. And, and here's what I found out. I'm not, I'm not so, I'm not so sure that every person there is interested in being great. So basically, I got a nice building that I spent $60,000 to renovate that nobody uses. <laughs> now, it does positive cash flow because I have a renter in there that pays for it. But when I look at all of my investments, I have to ask myself, was that a good investment or a bad investment? Was it good money or bad money spent? Maybe I could have spent that money somewhere else for a bigger return. Yeah, and, but I really do think, uh, and this is kind of cliche, but you really do learn from failures like that of what not to do going forward. But Coach Bird, I really want to give you an opportunity to talk more about yourself and what you're doing, how you got started, and then we'll get going into the, uh, the real meat of the episode. Yeah, I, you know, I was a high school basketball coach. I found my voice very early in life. At the age of 15, I started coaching junior pro basketball. And when I did, I immediately fell in love and knew that was what I was supposed to be doing for the rest of my life. But I was using a unique theory that I learned at 18 from a guy named Dr. Stephen Covey called the whole person theory where I was tapping into the body, the mind, the heart, and the spirit of the players. I was building what's, what I called a competitive intelligence. 
And the more I built this competitive intelligence, the more the more games we won, the more games we won, the more discipline we've seen, more people start asking me, what are you doing with these kids? And I said, I don't have time to explain it. Why don't I just write a book on it? So I started writing books at the age of 25. The books would lead me out to speak. The speaking would lead me to coach. And at 31, I had built a, a national powerhouse at, at the high school program. And I retired to start a coaching business. Now I own a multi-million dollar coaching company that basically speaks, coaches, trains, leads, online programs, retreats, where we coach business people all over the world and how to get an increase, how to get a significant increase through a structure that I've developed over the last 10 years. Same thing, same way a person needs a financial structure. They need a business structure on how they explain their value, how they activate their prey drive, how they generate leads, how they follow up on those leads, how they extract referrals, how they become people of interest. That's what we coach people on today through a program called Monster Producer. Was there a single moment along that journey where you thought, man, I'm, I'm good at this and I'm going to keep moving ahead with it? You know, I think, I think the market determines your value. Okay. And when you're getting good feedback, you're getting increased opportunity, you're getting referrals, you're getting new business, you're getting, you know, there's a demand for your product or service because people believe you're a person of advancement. People believe you're a person of, of increase. Mm -hmm. Then I think the market tells you what your value is, right? Now, you can drive up that value or perceived value, but I think along the way, I mean, I think one big validating moment for me was when I spoke at 10X to 10,000 people with some of the top people in the world. I'm now touring with some of the top people in the world and sharing lecture that co-wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Tim Story, Celebrity Life Coach. I'm doing events with Tim Grover. I mean, you know, I'm just, and now I'm kind of the people I studied years ago, I'm now partners with and doing business deals with. So that's a cool thing. That, 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 that tells me that something we're doing is working. Can it work better? You better believe it. Every day we're trying to figure out a way to build a machine behind this right. to, to do big deals. But I know too, through pretty much everyone's entrepreneurial journey, there's always these struggles. And to be quite honest with everyone I interview, I always say this, you know, I can go online, I can search your name, I can see what you've done, I can see the success you've had, but it's a little bit tougher to find the struggles, to find what didn't work. So throughout this journey, let's talk through some of those. I mean, financially, mentally, emotionally, what did you deal with that you had to actually pull yourself out of and tell yourself, hey, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep pushing forward? Well, let's start with last year. We had an accounting accounting disaster that happened, and, and we did an accounting audit, and the new company that came in said we can't locate $700,000. And I said, $700,000? Did somebody steal it? And they said, no, it's from customers who haven't paid that you thought were paying, but actually were not paying it's because one accountant came in and set up the QuickBooks incorrectly because she set up the QuickBooks incorrectly. It was not running their credit card and it went months and months and months and months and months without running it. It showed the customer they had paid with a zero balance. It showed us they had paid with a zero balance, but the money was not actually transferring from their account to our account. Now, 700, I want you to think about this, $700,000 that we were supposed to collect that we didn't collect. That would knock a lot of people out of business. That would bankrupt a lot of people. That would put a lot of people down. This is the importance of why you need more money. This is the importance of why you need to push hard enough. This is important why you need to sell something every day because things are going to come at you that you didn't anticipate. I certainly didn't anticipate that. I worked hard every day. I went out and got all these customers. Here's the deal. They weren't even paying. They didn't know they weren't paying because we were sending them a little receipt every month said, you got a zero balance with us. 
So many of the customers didn't even look at their credit cards. They didn't even know to go back. Now, that was a blow. Also, I got involved with some shady business partners last year that I thought were good people. It turned out to be real bad people. And that cost me a bunch of money to get rid of them because sometimes you got to pay a bunch of money to get rid of people that ain't, good, ain't that good of people. So that caused me more problems, okay? And so last year was a very tough year for me. From a, from a, from a, I had a, a lot of expensive tuition, accounting issues uh, that we had to recalibrate, partner issues that we had to, to, to absolve. All these things happened in 2019, but I just kept on going, man. Because at the end of the day, what do you do? You can whine about it, you can complain about it, you can gripe about it, or you can just get up and keep fighting through it. And that's what we did. So we made some structural changes to our team, had a new president take over the company, got refocused, and that's what we're doing every day, man. Every day we chop wood and we carry water, every day. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I think just like you said, that $700,000 would bankrupt a lot of people. But I think too, let's not think about bankruptcy from a financial perspective, but more or less from a mental perspective. People thinking, oh my gosh, like this just happened to me. I have no desire to keep pushing forward. But obviously you did. So what is some piece of advice for people out there? Because think about all the young entrepreneurs out there. Social media portrays that it's really easy to make a million dollars. And a lot of people say the first million is the hardest to make, but social media portrays otherwise. So what's your advice for people who think, man, this is going to be super easy, but it actually isn't. And they hit that brick wall and they don't know how to keep going forward. I believe there is no easy money before there's hard money. I've never seen a 10-year overnight success story. Like I see successful people, all of them have paid the price. All of them have done the work. All of them have built a primary skill. All of them have figured out how to market and sell that skill. All of them have done... The, the, the late nights and the early mornings and the bad hotel rooms, like, like they all have. Like I've never seen one person get to where they are and it'd be easy. That's why I say I've never met a lazy person of interest, right? So I think the social media makes it look like it's easy and we emulate. There are so many people out there that are more interested in looking good than actually being good. Right. They don't really have the skill set. They don't really know how to sell. Their, they're not really generating revenue. They don't really have a sales machine behind it. They may have an idea. They may have a, a, a nice look. They may have something about them, but they really haven't put the work in to be great. And I think that is always exposed. It's always exposed at some point. It's exposed financially. Like you don't really have the money you say, tell people you have. You don't really have the, the skill set you tell people you have. You don't really have the network you pretend to have. You don't really have you know, the, 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 the wherewithal that you're, you're pretending to have. I think that's always exposed at some point. So do you agree with the phrase fake it until you make it or no? I think, I don't know if I say, sometimes you got to get in a room and pretend you know what you're doing. Yes. But I don't believe, I mean, that, that's a tough question because you can have an aspiration and, and know that you're going to make it one day and you're fighting. I think it's just the big problem is when you're fraudulent and right. you, lead people to, you lead people to believe you're something that you're really not. Right. And I, that's what a lot of people do on social media. Just don't confuse activity and busyness and podcast and Instagram with real success. Like what, how many num what numbers are you really producing? Like what right. is your company really doing? How many people are you really helping? How many clients do you really have? Like, like I see this a lot and, and I see a lot of people that want to go into the coaching or motivational speed, uh, space, but they really need to focus on their primary skill. Like real estate agents that want to be 
real estate coaches, but they're not selling any real estate. Like you really need to go sell real estate first and then go tell people how to do it. Right. Okay. You need to have a demonstrated capacity of doing it. And I think that's a big challenge that a lot of people face today is they, they really haven't done it, but they're trying to tell other people how to do it. And they're charging to tell other people how to do something they've never actually done. Well, I think too, there, there's so many different courses out there that you can take and people are purchasing that course, going through the course and then creating their own on the back end of that and saying, Hey, this is how you do it. Yeah. But I just think that's such a, I, I really do think it's kind of a fraudulent way to do it. And I actually interviewed Mark Brazil and he, he had a good analogy. He said, you can fool 99% of people, mm-hmm. but that 1% that you can't fool are the people who hold the real keys to success. Right. And you're never going to get to that next level of success unless everything you're doing is genuine. And just like you touched on before, if the market believes that what you're doing is actually valuable or not, but it's got to be real before I think the market will actually deem it valuable or not. I think you're exactly right. I, I, I'm just sitting there thinking about people that I have worked with and I think the cream rises to the top, man. You can tell if a person is, it has that demonstrated capacity that I mentioned or they don't, you know, or they're pretending to have it. And I think it's, you know, it, it's just time, energy, effort, a decade of building a primary skill. I talk about that in my new book, Single Digit Millionaire. You, you're very small likelihood you're ever going to become a, mid, a millionaire between worth one and 10 million if you don't have a primary hard skill that the market rewards, if you don't know how to market that skill. Right. But at the end of the day, when you get in the room, man, you, 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 got, you got to be good enough. Like your skill has got to be strong enough to create a demand for that skill. Well, I want to give you a chance to talk about your book too, because I see it behind you, Single Digit Millionaire. What sparked your interest to actually write that book and what's it actually about? Yeah, the interesting thing is I was reading a book. I was, there was a controversy several years ago between Gawker Magazine and Hulk Hogan, the famous wrestler. And Hulk Hogan had got himself into some trouble. Um, and Hawker, Gawker Magazine exposed that because that's what they do. They find successful people and they kind of out them. Right. Think they, they did. Okay. And so Hulk Hogan is devastated that this came out about him and he wants to file a lawsuit against Gawker. But the reality is he doesn't have enough money to file the lawsuit against Gawker, the magazine. Now, the problem Gawker had was that a few years later, they had come out with some really negative stuff about Peter Thiel, who was a billionaire, one of the early investors of PayPal, one of the early investors of Facebook. Mm-hmm. Well, Peter Thiel, when they, when they kind of went against him the wrong way, he spent years trying to figure out how to get them back for that. And when Hulk Hogan was going through this, Peter Thiel said, Hulk Hogan is just a little single-digit millionaire, meaning he's worth between one and ten million. He doesn't have enough money to to defend himself against something like this. Peter Thiel, the billionaire, comes in and funds the lawsuit against Gawker for Hulk Hogan. They win the lawsuit, a forty million dollars settlement, puts Gawker completely out of business. And that statement, I never forgot that statement. Hulk Hogan was just a single-digit millionaire. He didn't say it as a he wasn't trying to make a knock on him. He was basically saying he don't have enough money to, to protect himself. Right. Well, when I started thinking about that concept, how many people will never become single digit millionaires? How many people will never be worth one to $10 million? How do you go from, how do you build your net worth between one and 10 million? Because you can't get to double digits until you get single digits. Right. So what prompted me to write the book was that phrase of how do you, 
how do you become first a single digit millionaire so you then can become a double digit millionaire? It's really a story of transition of how I went from my high school basketball coach to where I am today. And the first way is you got to build a business that creates millions of dollars of revenue. If your business doesn't create millions of dollars of revenue, the likelihood of you becoming a single digit millionaire is very thin. Like the average person will make about $2 million over the course of their whole lifetime. Right. Well, what's, the what's the likelihood that they will become millionaires when it takes them 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years to create just $2 million of, of money. So you got to build a primary skill. So the book is about how do I build a primary skill that is in demand? How do I market that skill? How do I get compensated at a higher level or a higher frequency for that skill? How do I build networks around that skill? How do I exchange or let people exchange in those networks so you can do new business deals to create more wealth so that you can become financially free. I don't think money buys you freedom. I think skills buys you freedom. When you talk about these skills, do you suggest people chase skills that they are inherently good at or something that interests them? Both. Both? I think you're naturally talented in certain areas. Yeah, if you study personality profiles, it shows you you're good here, you're strong here, you're great at this. I think there should be a marriage between what you're good at that's talent and what you love doing. That's passion. Now you're going to hear people very, very successful people more successful than me. Say I did something I hated for 30 years. Like you take a Grant Cardone, for example, who says I did sales for X number of years. I hated every day of it. Yeah, but he came out of a drug treatment center. He put all of his energy into sales. He became great at it because he became great at it. He made a bunch of money with it. So there are things I have to do every day that I don't enjoy doing. Even today, just because I own my own company, and I get to write my own books and speak at different events does not mean I don't have to do things I don't enjoy. But at the end of the day, I think we are at our highest point of energy when we're doing things that we love doing, that we're good at doing, that the world needs and the world is rewarding us at the highest frequency for what we're doing. Think about artists. Think about athletes. Think about entertainers. Think about people that get up and distribute their talent to the world for the, for the most money in America. So that's how you need to be thinking. You're an athlete. You're an entertainer. You're an artist. You're creating something. And the world will reward you when you're really good at creating it. Yeah. And you touched on this point too, you know, 10 years to be an overnight success. And I think too, what motivates people and keeps them interested is maybe they don't like the day to day, but what they're working towards 10 years down the road is what they're really passionate about. But they realize in order to get there, I have to do this. But I know that's more of a professional driver for you but I think deep down we all have a personal driver too, a why. So what's your why behind growing this business, writing these books, really wanting to change that space? I have a deep belief that everybody needs a good coach in their life. It, I, my life was changed on a baseball field when I was six years old by a woman named Mickey Vinson, who was my little league baseball coach. It's been coaches and mentors my whole life that have pushed and challenged me to help me become what I've become today. So my believe my purpose is to take that message everybody needs a coach in life all around the world It's to impact as many many people on planet earth as I can it's to help people get an increase in their life you know and and to be honest with you I don't think a lot about my why I'm, I, I just get up and go I get up and do it I get up and push I actually think many people don't find their why first I think right. they they move in a direction and in the process of doing and working the muscle they, their purpose finds them. I didn't know I was going to be a championship basketball coach. I didn't know I was going to be a speaker and author and, and business coach. I just started doing it. 
And the more I did it, the more I said, you know, I enjoy doing this. Then you get down to real granular points. Like I really enjoy this. I, like I have a lodge. I have these beautiful properties that I own around the country, these real estate properties. One is a 8,000 8, square foot lodge here in Tennessee, at, in Christiana, Tennessee, where I had a 54 person training facility where I do two day events. And, and I want you to think about this. I'm coaching. I'm coaching people who pay good money to be there. So they're serious. I'm coaching at my lodge, which is beautiful, right? I'm, I'm doing everything I love doing. I'm coaching. I'm coaching at a place I love. I'm coaching with people that, that pay good money to be there. Now, think about structure. And there may come a point where I say, that's all I'm doing, man. I'm coaching at my lodge. That's the only place I coach. Or I speak and coach at my lodge. I don't do uh, these other things that I'm currently doing. Like, I think you'll see me begin, as you get older, I think you begin to call out things you don't enjoy doing that are not profitable. And you only wanted, I just did a cruise and I had a great time on the cruise. It was highly profitable. It was with great people. I got to go to the Bahamas. I got to coach on the cruise ship with seven or eight other studs. Man, it was great. It was a cool, it was a cool deal. Like, like why don't we book another one of those or at tropical places? Like I'm working on a thing in Vero beach, Florida. I'm getting ready to go to Costa Rica in a few weeks and speak. These are, these are good things, but let's go back to your primary skill. Big guy. If you don't have the primary skill, there is no demand. Right. Okay. I'd be speaking down to local five and dime if I didn't have any skills, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or a five and a dime. You know what I'm saying? So, so my point is you got to get better. And I think, man, you keep, you're hitting on a good point here because I was coaching a dude this morning in New York city who said, I know what to do, but I just can't do it. I know what I need to do, but I can't do it. Well, this is what this is. Listen, until you solve that problem, this separates the, the pretenders from the contenders, man. Knowing what to do is one thing. Having the guts and the prey drive to do it is another. T talking about writing a book and writing one is, is two different things. Having a book and knowing how to sell the book is two different things. Mm -hmm. Being able to speak but knowing how to, to monetize your speaking. These are See, a lot of people get stuck in, I got an idea, I got a book, I got a project, I got a vision, I got this, when they don't have the stick to go do it. I was actually uh, interesting. You say that I was I was interviewing Steve Sims, and I actually purchased his book. And in that book, he talks about that. And people have this thing analysis by or process by analysis. Yeah. And he says by the time that some other person tries to calculate how they're going to do something, I've already tried and failed four times. Yes. But the thing about it is, is I know what not to do, so that it pushes me to do what I need to do. And I think that's kind of what you're saying. You know what you need to do, but you don't know how to do it. Just do it. You're going to yeah. fail, but just keep pushing. And I think, you know, Steve Sims, and when you watch Steve, he and I are becoming friends with each other, and we're probably going to do something at some point together. Biggest thing when I, I spent a whole Saturday watching all of this stuff. And here's what I called him and told him. Steve, what you do more than anything is you give people permission to think bigger. You know, you really, you really just get people to remove considerations. A consideration is an internal thought that prohibits an external action. We yep. have all kinds of considerations. They won't answer the phone. Like, like I, I reached out to this Mike Carpenko dude uh, over the weekend because I think he's cool. He, he was part of Tap Out. He's part of Beachbody. Um, you know, I think I, just because he didn't reach back out to me on Instagram don't mean I'm going to stop or, or, or I'm gonna get, not going to get his attention. Right. Like I'm going to keep going until I get his attention. He don't, he don't know who I am. What's the likelihood of him doing some business with me when he don't know who I am? See, I need to stay in his face. I need to come at him a different way. Hey, let me tell you who I am. I'm running an X number million dollar business, man. I've got 15 books in the market. I'm speaking to some of the top people in the world. Oh, Mike, I'd like to do something with you, big guy. 
See, it's not, I'm not just some crazy person on Instagram reaching out to you. Like I have something valuable to bring you. Right. So, but most people would go one time and quit. So I, I know kind of what you just touched on is staying relevant to people. And I think that's kind of an interesting component of sales. And I, I've noticed Grant Cardone say it is he's everywhere. He's talking to people, he's following up, he's doing everything it takes to get in these people's faces and say, this is who I am. This is what I've done. Let's do some business together. How important is it for people who are in sales and have a service or a product they're selling to stay consistent? Because just like you said, people my age, 23 years old, they're one and done. They reach out, they get rejected and that's it. That person's over. So what's been kind of your method and your advice for people who do hit that objection, hit that wall? Listen, I think about the people who come to me that said they want to work with me or be an intern with me or travel with me or, you know, and like you said, they, they typically come around one time. They don't get what they want the first time, so they give up. Yep. L listen, every sales stat in America tells me it takes between seven and 15 touches, 80% of the time, to convert a person that's interested to a person that is buying. So, so do you have conviction or not? Are you serious about your business or not? Will you go the distance or not? I mean, like, 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 do you believe, have you had a revelation about this? Do you have a conviction about it? Like we live in such a cotton candy world, man, as a coach, it drives me crazy. Like you tried one strategy and it didn't work. So you quit. You tried 30 days and it didn't work. You didn't lose the weight. So you quit. You, you went and worked out one time and it, you didn't see six pack abs. So you quit. Like, I don't understand. It's confusing to me because as a coach, we used to practice five and a half hours a day when I was a basketball coach. We didn't practice one time. We practiced the same thing a thousand times. You know, practice every single week. We got better. We had off season, preseason, in season, postseason. Like, like, and then I started coaching business people, and they're so weak minded. Like they, that, like they don't work hard enough. They don't prospect enough. They don't produce enough money. They whine about everything. They don't want to get their hands dirty or do anything. Like you're not going to be successful, man. You're never going to be a single digit millionaire, let alone a double digit millionaire, if you don't if you don't put the work in. Yep. And uh, so for me, I have a sports background too. I played college soccer, but it was always that thought that if I'm not working, someone else is. Yeah. And in order for me to get ahead, I've got to constantly be working, constantly be uh, creating my craft that I'm going to push out into the world. And I don't play sports anymore, but it's kind of translated over into business of, I want to grow this podcast. I want to do this. I want to do that. And every moment I'm not working on this, someone else is. And it's actually paid off. I got number 33 for entrepreneurship in America. That was pretty cool, but I know that it's a testament to the hard work, putting in the stuff behind the scenes that no one else sees. And I know probably for the coaching business, everything you have on the back end, no one sees what you do. They only see you speak. They see you when you're coaching one-on-one, -on -one, but there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes that people don't know about. Yeah, what most people don't have is a sales machine behind it. Like they got a product or service, but they don't know how to sell it. Right. They don't know how to market it. They don't know how to generate leads. They don't know how to follow up. They don't know how to extract referrals. They don't know how to create events, profitable events. So, you know, to me, we have a business behind me speaking. Most speakers have an assistant that books their travel. They don't have a president of the company and a sales team and a marketing people and people collecting money and a videographer. Like they got like one little person, you know, trying to decide if they're going to stay at a Hilton or a Marriott, you know, and are they going to fly Southwest or Southwest or are they going to fly, you know, American? Like, like what we're trying to do is create products and services and then distribute and market those products and services to the world, create demand. Like we generated 
you know, roughly a thousand leads in the month of January for our sales team to work. Okay. And, and if you don't have that, if you only got four leads or you're only talking to four people, then, then there's not enough possibility and opportunity for you there. 100%. I agree with that 100%. But coach Bird, I want to be aware of your time and start wrapping up here, but I was in with this, you know, pretty cliche question, but it's about advice. So for people like myself, people starting in the entrepreneurial realm, what is one piece of actionable advice that people can implement today? I think opportunity follows action. Okay. You need dedicated time systems to working on things. You don't need to make sure activities. One piece of advice is if you're trying to create increase in something, then spend dedicated time on it every day. We call that high value activity. There's a difference between high value activity and low value activity. High value activity produces something, creates something, manifests something. Low value activity is wasted time. And, and so many people waste three or four hours a day in the depreciating asset of time. I can't go back and get this time back. I need to be on my A game. I need to protect my time. I need to be doing something. I need to be a person of advancement. I need right. people feeling of increase when I'm with them, right? And so one tangible thing is, man, sit down and map out your day. Sit down and map out your day. Plan your weeks. Mental map on Sundays. Come into the day on offense versus defense. Like I'm talking to 160 Farm Bureau folks this Friday, okay, and uh, many of them have gotten static, stuck, complacent, bored, in a rut. They're not moving. They're not creating. They're living off the past. Success don't care what you did yesterday, man, even if you're in a residual model. Okay, so, so you got to get up every day. You got to go to bed tired. This is going to be a title of one of my books at some point. Go to bed tired and wake up hungry. How do you go to bed tired, wake up hungry? Even when you got a bunch. <laughs> uh, write that down. That's a good title. <laughs> Even when you got a bunch. I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. My dad used to always say, if you fail to plan, then plan to fail. And I plan my days out. I plan my weeks out. I plan my months out. I probably have all of Q1 mapped out right now because that is super important to get to that next level of success and figure out what you do need to do and what you don't need to do. But Coach Burt, appreciate your time, man. Hey, I want to give my man. audience an opportunity to find you and your stuff on social media and the internet. So where can they find you on Instagram and what's your website? At Michael Burt, and I spell it M-I-C-H-E-A-L, at Michael Burt, okay, or search Coach Michael Burt, and my website is coachburt.com. I'd love to love you follow me on Instagram I put stuff up all day every day coaching where I'm traveling in the world what I'm doing how to get involved with me it's all kinds of good stuff also my YouTube channel thousands of videos on my YouTube channel you can get build an affinity with me I'm about to cut a super coach show which is my podcast called super coach two words and would love to be involved with you man everybody needs a coach in life absolutely man yeah guys go reach out to coach Bert let him know what you thought of the episode ask him any questions if you got them appreciate your time man I appreciate you, big guy. Thanks for doing what you're doing. I wish I was doing what you're. I wish I was doing what you're doing when I was 23. <laughs> I got a lot more time to go, man. A lot more. Proud of you, bud. Have appreciate a good day. You. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I post episodes every Monday and Thursday at 6 a.m. Central Time, and they're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major podcasting platform. Check out our social media linked in the description and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you next time.